So I've never read that Homestuck or anything, but it does have a better version of Megalovania. Yeah, that Megalovania was a song from, from, from Homestuck before, and here's the thing. I'll say this as a person who has gone through all of Homestuck and enjoyed going through all of Homestuck. I would never recommend anyone ever try and engage with Homestuck. <laughs> it is it is a frighteningly inaccessible piece of media that goes on and on and on and on and on and Yeah, from what I know, from what I was looking up, it's like what, eight hundred thousand words of very complicated plot. Yeah, no, it's like it is the most complicated narrative thing I have ever tried to wrap my head around. Like, you know, people talk about Kingdom Hearts and they go, Oh, it's a it's a big, long, convoluted, complicated plot. No, Kingdom Hearts has fucking nothing on Homestuck. <laughs> I love Homestuck, but fuck you homestuck you are not you are not a well edited piece of media yeah. it's a it's a web comic for anyone who isn't aware toby fox has had some like involvement with it i was waiting for the um the explanation the what is it what what is this exactly is it a game or... yeah it's a web comic from the mid 2000s that like it had the weirdest update schedule. It would sometimes update like multiple times a day and then go multiple months without updating at all. And it had a lot of like very video gamey, interactive y elements going on with it, but it was basically a webcomic. Yeah, like from what I've looked, I, I actually started looking at it just before we started recording. <laughs> I can already tell that this is something I'm just going to get upset by just trying to get a handle on it because I'm, I'm too old for this shit now. But it certainly looks like the kind of thing that could only exist within the medium it's in. Yeah. It's one of those ones that just takes full advantage of the fact it can take the form of animations and video gamey things. And yeah, it it is weird that Megalovania, like it was the third, I think the third time it got used that it finally picked up and became a big thing. But it been it been in Homestuck. It was in some Undertale Halloween fan mod. It was a, an Earthbound, yeah, an Earthbound Halloween hack, I think it was called. Earthbound, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Earthbound. Did I say Earthbound or did I say something else? I think you said Undertale. Undertale, uh, Earthbound. I've got my, my brain muddled up. It was an Earthbound Halloween mod thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, third time's the charm. Everyone's like, oh, Megalovania is quite good. Yeah, something of a Toby Fox calling card. It's a very good song, of course. I've had it stuck in my head for the, the past week, so... I was playing Undertale. After it hit the switch, I played it again and then again, um, and and it's that one of them games that gets stuck in your head. Um, yeah. Although you know, here's a little space. I'll just I'll just chip away a little bit of space in the podcast for people to comment that it's overrated, uh, while saying nothing else about it. <laughs> um, okay, you can have that. Just type it in now. Like SoundCloud will give you a timestamp so everyone can keep their their Undertale's overrated <laughs> comments in one little space, and we'll get on with the rest of the show. Welcome to Podquisition. I'm Jim Sterling. I am joined by I'm gonna I'll introduce Gavin first because then we'll talk about um, what Laura wants to talk about. Oh yeah, me 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 thing me thing that I'm gonna go hijack the show in a minute. Indeed, Gavin, how are you, dear sir? I'm good. Not too bad. I've been uh obsessively playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey all week. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um yeah, I played a bit of that. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later though. <laughs> we're we're gonna all we're gonna have a big disagreement on this one. <laughs> uh, we'll have a bit of a disagreement on this one. I I'm just yeah. gonna sit back and let you two argue this one out. I'm just gonna be like, ah, oh, here we go. Time for a nap. I've I've made I'm not interested in arguing. I've made my arguments. I argued with the fucking voice actor, Gavin's friend, I believe. Who um Elias Tufexis? 
I think so. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. Because um, he he was in my threads. Well, I'm not interested in arguing arguing either. We can disagree without arguing. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. have a polite debate while I have a nap. We'll have a little discussion about it. We don't. We don't even have to debate. We can just feel about. It different ways and that's fine <laughs> no give me a fight this is what the internet demands you have to be in conflict you can't have differing opinions and still like each other yeah god damn it i need to let everyone know undertale's overrated by the way here's some advice never get mentioned in uh, one of jim's videos as someone who bought a microtransaction <laughs> oh i'm sorry i was i was using you as as an example of someone who, like, I needed to reference that someone had said what I'd suspected. Oh, God. I'm sorry about that. I th- that's, uh, that's all right. <laughs> people don't bother people. None of it was too abusive. Just, um, oh, okay. I'm very disappointed in Gav. Oh, this seems God. really against, this seems against his message. I'm like, hang on. What fucking message? My only message is I want to make fucking songs and play some fun games. I'm not a consumer advocate, okay? Yeah, Gavin's on a very different track from like from me when it comes to, you know, a lot of that stuff. I'm a fucking whore. I love getting my free games and all this shit, you know? Just, you know. <laughs> take me on these more of these trips, Ubisoft. Give me all the free shit. I'm, I'll take it all, you know? Yeah, Ga- Gavin's got no problem with with that kind of stuff. Like that should be clear if you listen to the podcast. So if you're disappointed, um, I'm not going to say you're like those Nazis who are upset at Taylor Swift now because she came out as not a Nazi because they just assumed. But you're in the same <laughs> ballpark of basically projecting your beliefs onto a musician who hasn't said jack one way or the other. <laughs> and 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 that said, I I cannot defend selling xp as a booster i still think it's it's kind of crappy i mean you, yeah i mean you said that on the the last podcast you said you didn't feel good about doing it uh, but but i i am not a person with a lot of spare time on my hands and yeah. you know i have to get a song done about this game and i want to finish it and you know is <laughs> the thing i it, it's not contradictory to simultaneously hold the beliefs that it is shitty to balance a game in such a way that players would need to buy a microtransaction to feel like they are getting the correct pacing. But equally, if you've already bought that video game and you're enjoying it other than the pacing and there is a microtransaction that will fix the pacing... If you were already given that video game for free... Yeah, and you're like, you know what? I would like I would like to enjoy this game more and there is a way to do so. It's not contradictory to buy that and to also think it's shitty that you had to buy that. Yeah, especially when it's your work, you know? Yeah. I think WWE does a bunch of things that are shitty. I still watch it every week and yeah. I feel terrible for doing it. Um, right. So, yeah, we'll talk a bit more about Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a bit. But first, as I'll basically hand over to Laura because Laura has promote your things to do. Um, from what I've seen of, of what's coming up, I'm very excited. It looks fantastic. But hello, Laura, Laura Dale. Hey! Prolific at this point. Prolific <laughs> writer. Uh, what's cooking? please so i've been i've been fucking teasing this for ages and i can finally fucking talk about it properly because by the time this podcast goes up this should be up uh i have a book called things i learnt from mario's butt which is a 40,000 word illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews and then really good art of the butts of those characters it's really good it's all original art done by an artist called Zach Flavin. You can find them on Twitter at Flavin Flav. And basically, uh, the the book is a thing. I've been working on it for a while. I'm super excited about the artist. 
I've got a bunch of guests that are doing things, contributing little bits to it. Jim is doing a little thing for the book, so Jim's probably going to have... There's a little picture of Jim's face that is going to be in the book next to some words. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, let, let me find my list. Where's my list of people that I've, I've so far got contributing stuff to this book? Because I got really excited about it. So I've got stuff from... Jim Sterling, Zoe Quinn, Justin McElroy, Brian Altano, Max Scoville, Brentel Floss, Greg Miller, Tim Gettys, Dan Bull, Dodger, and Stuart Ashens. I currently have agreed to do stuff for a book about butts. Nice. That's a great list. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. And what are they all con- like? Is it they talk about their favorite video game butts? Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be like. Most of the book is going to be me talking about video game character butts that I think are narratively interesting and why. And then there's going to be, I think it's about 10, ten or so guests that are just going to do a little little section of, here's a butt that I quite like. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know who Dan's one is. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a traditional video game butt by any means, the idea that he has suggested. So okay. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get there. But... Yeah, no, I it's it's a stupid idea that like seriously like 4 years ago um this came up on my Facebook timeline recently 4 years ago I made a Facebook post going uh does anyone know what the legal status is if I want to make a book about video game character butts and like can I just use screenshots do I have to get an artist what's the deal This is like an idea I had years ago and um I'm getting it published through a company called Unbound who have been amazing at being really helpful. They have been putting together samples, page layouts and shit that I've, I got to see today. They look really cool. Um, I have, like, the whole framework for the book is set up and it's sort of... It is ready to go full steam ahead on writing. I just have to get the sort of go-ahead of, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's do this. Um, and basically, you can you can pre-order a copy of that book, like, starting today. Um... Basically, the thing with Unbound is they are a publisher where it's like, hey, put the book up for pre-orders with a bunch of like examples of here's what the book is, here's all the sample text and all the stuff like that. X number of pre-orders, they do a production run, my book gets to exist. So nice. uh, if you go to unbound.com forward slash books forward slash things I learned from Mario's butt with hyphens in between each of the words or just check my Twitter. It's probably my twin, twin, a pinned tweet right now. Twinned Pete. My pinned tweet right now is probably about this. Uh, there is there is a video. I'm super proud of this little video I made for it. There's a bunch of examples of art, uh, video game character butts, art of the people who are going to be contributing stuff to the book go go put some money down and go hey yeah yeah i i want a book about video game character butts yeah yeah i want to own this physical thing um that there are various tiers like starting with like just a digital ebook of the the book up to the top end where like uh, up at the top end you can pay an amount of money to tell me what butt to write about and to get drawn and i will write about it i will write about that butt dancer of the boreal valley <laughs> I, oh, if you if you wanna if you wanna pay the pick a butt tier on on my <laughs> pre order thing, you can make me draw and talk about that butt, Gav. It's that power is within your hands. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I've been working on this for a few months behind the scenes, and I've just been like really fucking excited about 
the artist I found, I'm really super fucking happy with their art. Like they've been knocking shit out the park. They're very cool. They are. Ver- I've seen a couple of the drawings and they're very cool. They're amazing. I love them. Yeah, and I'm really happy with like. I've got my structure of like here is all the butts I'm going to talk about. Here's what I'm going to say about them. I've got it all like ah, let's go. I want it to be a book. They're just they're just that wonderfully right level of cartoony that they slightly over exaggerate the very prominent features of the butts that that you remember in your head and make them so you go oh yeah i remember that but exactly it's it's the butt as you remember it not necessarily how it was it's how you remember that but but yeah so this is like the first like big project thing i have tried to do and i've been nervous about this because like 2018 has been a year of me just working on book stuff. Um, like I've mentioned a couple of times before, July next year I've got a memoir coming out. This this is the first time I'm able to be like, here is a book. I've been working on it. Do, do you want to do you want to do you want to do you want to buy it? So I hope that the time I have put into this year is 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 worth it and that people like this idea. So things I learned from Mario's butt. Go check that out on Unbound and give it a look because I've been working really hard on it this year. That's great. Yeah, there you go. I, that's that's shameless shill corner, but I I got very excited because yeah, because we we've, we've been talking a bit on this show. Like every now and then we talk about like hey, the the things we 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 did as our bread and butter career wise. Ah, it's getting harder and harder to make them pay the bills. This has been the thing I've spent this year going. Okay, I'll do a new thing and see how that goes. It's valuable. So I'm excited that I can fi- finally do the whole like, hey, uh, that's that's what I've been doing this year. Go go look at it. Yeah, no, it's impressive. It's it's fantastic to see. Like you're right. Like doing something different is, if you can do it, fantastic. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm, I've been looking into various things as well. Like you just got to diversify more than ever lately. Um, and it's been great seeing these books happen and um you know the publishing deal's been great and the butt book looks fantastic so far so i think it's going to be it's going to work out fantastically for you that's that's the hope anyway i've done enough shill corner should we get on with the the show at large now that i've i've been like me 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 at least you're shilling for your book laura and not microtransactions <laughs> oh, i'm very disappointed oh. in you Kevin. Well, you can pay a small amount addition, a small additional amount, and I will draw a a button the front of your book <laughs> alongside signing it, which I suppose is a microtransaction. But pay for my microtransaction where I draw a button in your book. I have to say this about Jim's audience: at least when they're disappointed with you, they're nice about it, and they don't like come screaming into your mentions calling you a cock. That's <laughs> nice. Know? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Well, they're too busy calling Jim the cock. Yeah. Well, yeah, some of them. Um... <laughs> I've 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 shaved away some of that stuff, thankfully. Um, so yeah, that's one one section of audience I'm glad about losing. Ta- Taylor Swift is taking your place now. Yeah. Oh God, her career's over. Oh, oh wait, yeah. she's still worth millions. Well, Do- Donald Trump said he likes her music twenty five percent less, so that's wax cylinders she's not going to sell anymore. I could not resist last night. This is something I saw on Twitter. Some right wing guy saying. Your career never recovered since Kanye ended it. And I just had to to point this out. It's like she's the second biggest selling artist of the decade after Adele. Her album last year outsold everything else on the billboard at the time together. 
combined. She just finished a world tour that was completely sold out. She's doing all right. Yeah, the facts don't matter. (laughs) She has more followers than Donald Trump. She'll be all right. (laughs) She's bigger than Kanye, who it's arguable, like, launched her career by doing that. Yeah. Like, that that was a big moment where a lot of people were like, oh, Taylor Taylor Swift? Uh, Who's that? And, yeah. (laughs) I read some amazing theories about why... For those who don't know, for some reason, the Alt-Reich decided she was their Aryan goddess who one day was going to reveal her right-wing Nazi philosophies to the world. And then she supported some Democrats because, well, a lot of people are disgusted with what's been going on uh, with the geriatric old pricks, um, otherwise known as the GOP. And so she, you know, basically came out as not a Nazi. And people felt betrayed that their invented comic book version of her isn't real. Uh, the best theory I read was um, she's she's getting old and doesn't have kids. And therefore this old, old 28-year-old woman is now bitter and angry and lashing out. And that's why she has betrayed the, the alt-right. She's, she's a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. She's fucking younger than uh, me. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, video gamey shit from this week. A uh, couple, couple of bits of news we had this week. Um, you know, recently we've had a few bits of news about, like, games getting streamed to things. Like, um, Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed Odyssey that you can stream to your Switch in Japan. Or yeah. um, they're, they're testing that you'd be able to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey in your Chrome browser and things like that. Oh, they're not streaming presidential tweets to everybody's Switch, are they? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about that, that being in the UK, thank thank the Lord. They're streaming them to the game, and if you want to not get them, you can buy Helix points. Uh. Uh, <laughs> so there was there was a thing that was kind of teased at E3 this year, and like everyone assumed this was going to be fucking years off. Um, Microsoft, during their Xbox press conference, were like, hey, so we've got people working on tech to, like, let you play Xbox games if you don't have the hardware in your own home. And they announced this week, they were like, no, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're like trialling that starting in 2019 that you'll just be able to play any Xbox game on like a phone, a tablet, an iPad, anything that's got an internet connection and a screen. Just fucking connect your controller to it via Bluetooth or touchscreen. Play your Xbox games everywhere. So I was a bit dubious of this when I heard it because I'm like, we, we talked about PlayStation Now a couple of weeks ago being like, eh, it's never really worked streaming games. It's just, like, never been good. I don't know whether this is real, but uh, I think it was The Verge went and, like, talked to them about this. And apparently they're like, no, you, we've, we've done the tech that you can, like, have a lag-free gaming experience on just, like, a 4G phone connection. Hmm. And it's like, oh, if that's real, that's... That's a pro-consumer thing, I guess. Still wouldn't work here in Mississippi. Comcast wouldn't make that shit work. We got we got something wrong about that recently, actually. We thought that Red Dead Redemption would have been um, downloadable. on the, But apparently the PS3 era games are not. Yeah, I found that out the fucking hard way. Yeah, mm. so this was breaking when we recorded that episode of the podcast is... PlayStation Now stuff that is PS4 games or PS2 games, you can download onto the PS4 and play offline. You can't do it with the PS3 ones. But all the ones you actually want, 
are not. Yeah, everything I wanted. <laughs> so I apologize. That was I failed to catch that when like grabbing the news things. Uh, that's an e- it's an easy one to miss. It happens. Yeah. I was I just saw all the headlines of you can download PS Now games, and I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, this is brilliant. This is what I needed. Uh, but yeah, no, like it was an interesting bit of news, just because like Microsoft's. They've been doing a lot recently to make it much easier to get their games without having to buy dedicated hardware. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they actually, like, came out with some more compelling games to take advantage of, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I was thinking about the other day, was I was like, if Sony was doing all the stuff that Microsoft has been doing, like, outside of the actual making first-party games, we would be heralding them as fucking, like the console manufacturer of all time. Like, imagine if the PS4, every PS4 game also came to PC. Uh, They released a a specially designed uh, controller for people with disabilities that was, uh, like, modifiable and adaptable. They talked about, like, hey, even if you don't own a PC or a, a, a PS4, you'll be able to get the games, like, functionally running in a, in a year or so, like, on your phone if you want to. We'd be like... That's amazing. This is fantastic. Like it's it's only cuz it's only cuz Microsoft doesn't have the games. Yeah. Xbox has made it's made really good strides in accessibility and everything around the games, but I just don't care about any of it because I don't care about what they've got on the software side right now. I mean, it could always change, but this is it. That they're making amazingly pro-consumer moves that I just don't care about because what the fuck am I actually going to play on it? Because I don't want to consume anything there. <laughs> yeah, because like, the, the the way they were trying to pitch this uh, streaming to tablets and phones future is they were like, look, it's it's honestly kind of shitty that like to buy, to buy a, you know, a big AAA first party video game that comes out, you need to buy a special machine just to, to play that game. You wouldn't accept that out of movies and and music. Surely we should try and make some way that just like regardless of what device you happen to have, you can play the game. And I'm like, that's 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 a positive thinking right there. Yeah. You don't have anything I want to play, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd probably play Gears 5. Yeah. But I don't know, I just... The trailers for that even don't... Kind of just want Marcus to be the main character again. (laughs) Gears 4, I like, was a good game but as as a gears of war experience and what i was hoping for i was fairly disappointed by it i still recognize it was good and well made but I, it didn't grab me the younger characters to me just aren't as fun yeah. and as interesting as marcus and dom and their big meat sack heads my feelings about most of like microsoft's game library is they're all polished games that just don't get me excited anymore and i don't know why like i I, I can't deny that, like, the latest... That Halo 4 was, like, better and more polished than Halo 3. It was a, like, it was a better made video game. I didn't care as much about it. Halo 4? Better than Halo 3? Oof. Oof. That's a... That's a controversial one. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm not saying it was a better game. It was a better made game on a technical level of, like... I, th- I think that, like, you know, the games were getting better and more polished, and I just cared less about them. Yeah, this was um, the root of a falling out I had with uh, Cliff Blazinski uh, way mm. back when. We, f- fences mended now, but he couldn't comprehend that I would give Gears of War 3 a lower score than Gears of War 2 when I was doing scored reviews because it was technically better. 
And I'm, you know, I was trying to argue that being technically a better game doesn't make it for a better production, a better experience. Yeah, just just because it's a technically better game doesn't mean that I liked it more. Yeah, you know, the story didn't grab me so much. It was a lot less special because it was the third in the series. The lamp I never found interesting. Gears 2, well, actually no, Gears 1 is probably still my favourite in the series, but Gears 2 I definitely remember liking that more than the, the, the third it might be mine too but you know what xbox you know what xbox one game jumps to mind for me when i try and think of like xbox one games that i think back on really fondly mm-hmm. the one that's jumping to mind is recall and that wasn't a well-made game but it was new it was different it was something interesting mm-hmm. it was a, it was a, it was a good again similar to gears 4 it was a good game not one that grabbed me long term but you're right at least it was something different the only xbox one exclusive that kind of has me interested for next year is ari and the will of the wisps yeah it's the the stuff that i get interested about with xbox is when they make smaller more experimental things that aren't just here's another big angry shooter like i i like the the ori games uh cuphead cuphead was good that was a small thing uh You've got Re- Recall, which wasn't particularly polished, but like you know, it's something interesting they did. It wasn't a bad game by any means. Cuphead, by the way, was a, a very big success. Yeah, and it was like uh, I'm glad it was both critical and commercial, as far as I know. Yeah, um, the the one that, that still breaks my heart that they lost was uh, was it Scalebound? Oh, Scalebound yeah. looked so good. Yeah, they cancelled that off. I. I got really excited for Scalebound. That was the thing where I was like, I'll keep an Xbox around for this. That was that was compelling. But yeah, too compelling, apparently. Shut that down. We've got to get Super Fucking Lucky's tail out. I'll say one thing. After nearly six years, Crackdown 3 better be fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice. It's, it's like it was announced in 2014. So for five years. Yeah. I will say I liked... Um... And I'm one of the few people that really, really enjoyed it. Like, enough people liked it. But I genuinely really liked um, Quantum Break. I didn't like that game at all. Quantum Break was was pretty good, actually. I'll give it that. I, I forgot. It was a forgettable experience. But now I think of it, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. The live action stuff was a bit too extravagant. I played two, I played two levels and stopped, which is really rare for me. Yeah. Damn. Oh well. Yeah. So we got a couple of other other bits of newsy stuff before we get into games we played. Uh, updates on Telltale news. Uh, they fired the rest of their staff. That like skeleton crew they had left have been fired now. Fucking slime. So have you heard what they're doing with the 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 end of the Telltale The Walking Dead's final season? Yeah. None of it involves paying the hundreds of people Telltale owes money to. Let's just get that out the fucking way. Yeah. The, he, here's the thing. Um, basically, Robert Kirkman's development company, Star something or other, I've forgotten the fucking name now. Um, Robert Kirkman's development company is basically gonna, they're handing over The Walking Dead to them and going, okay, uh, finish it off. Um, the positive is they are going to be looking to hire Telltale staff to finish it. So that's like, some people who worked at Telltale will have an opportunity to do some work and finish off that project and to have some work for a few months while they find what they're going to do next. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that, like, the the financial situation is very confusing because it's like, well, okay, 
if if additional people now buy that final season of The Walking Dead, does that money where does it go first? Does it go first to the company that just got handed the license? Does it go to the people who are developing the new game? Does it go to the severance pay that should have been paid to the Telltale staff? Well, let me let me have a think. And maybe I'm just being overly cynical. But the idea that money trickles down <laughs> seems to be a bit fallacious. Are you suggesting trickle-down economics is not a thing? <gasps> I'll fucking say this much. For all the people that lost their jobs and are now trying to find stuff to keep their lights on, something tells me the executives who fucked it all up and fucked everyone over are not going cap in hand looking for money to keep their lights on and pay their bills. Yeah. Something tells me they made out of it just fucking fine. Here's like... I've got complicated thoughts on this because I've been I've been really enjoying that final season of of The Walking Dead and I finished the second episode recently. It ended in a really compelling place. I already have that game. It's not like I'm choosing at this point halfway through the season to give them money after all this stuff has happened. It's being worked on by people from Telltale, people from that pool of people who were fired and they are going to get some money out of it. I don't know that I feel bad about finishing playing that series. I I would not give Telltale a single fucking penny more of my money now. But I'm in a position where I'm like, I, I don't know if this is necessarily fair of me, but I feel like this was the minimum they they had to do for me to go, okay, I'll... I'll play through the last two episodes. I don't think you should feel bad about playing it or even enjoying it. Yeah, because now, now you get to see Clementine die a horrible, depressing death. <laughs> yeah. This is on the heads of the people who fucked it up. It's their responsibility to get people paid. Yeah, and this is it. It's, if these last couple of episodes comes out, gets a few more months of paid work for those employees and gets them to be able to finish a story they've been telling for a fucking decade, yeah. Yeah, I'll play the end of it. But let nobody believe that that's enough. No, no. Remember, the people who will be hired back will be hired and paid for new work, new labour. Yes. New labour, new danger. That was the old conservative fucking... Before Blair got in. Anyway, um, they're not getting the money they're owed still. So... Yeah. You know, it's not like justice is soived or anything. No, I I understand the the ethical quandary and I totally understand the people who have been saying like I'm not going to play those last episodes regardless as a matter of principle thing I totally understand the perspective it's it's a thing I've been I've been wrestling with whether it is right or wrong to finish playing that series I don't know yeah I don't think you you're wrong at all um yeah. you know the customer's job ultimately is to get what they paid for um just like you know the telltale developers jobs should have been paid for their work should be paid for uh, and ideally it should be the people who are running telltale's job to pay them um you know that that I, I think i think that dynamic there is fairly straightforward um i don't think anyone should i certainly if people have sworn it off and are like fuck it i won't play good on them um i lost like i even paid for the season the last season of the walking dead but just because I figured I would cover it in some way, shape, or form eventually. Um, but I've lost all interest in touching anything they've ever done again. But then I'm not saying anyone else should therefore swear off them. I, I'm i in a weird position where, like, I was halfway through working on a feature that I still want to make happen at some point, which 
I want to make a comparative um, feature talking about uh, Life is Strange Season 2 and The Walking Dead's final season. And basically where we're, where we're at in the world that we've had two games come out within like a month of each other, both very much themed around child looking after younger child and trying to teach them how to survive in an unforgiving world. And like they're both very, very similar from what I've seen so far. And I'm like, I'm really... I had I had a thing that I was working on. I was like, eh, I kind of want to see that through. But also, I, I totally stand behind people who are like, no, I don't want anything to do with Telltale at this point. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's a big old mess, isn't it? Yeah, the game industry is fucking disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. At least the, the higher up the budgets you go. Yeah. You know what's not disgusting? There's one little bit of news that was like just... Not terrible. What's that? Nintendo's patented a, a case for like your your phone and whatnot, a phone case. That actually sounds like kind of a cool idea. It looks like the front of a Game Boy, but it's got a gap in the front of the case um, that like would let you see the screen through the case. And then the the buttons on the case are actual working buttons that touch the touch screen through the case, so you can have you can play Game Boy games on your phone huh. with actual physical buttons rather than touch screen buttons and a backlit screen. That's actually funny. That's fun. That's actually a kind of cool idea. I dread to think what the monetization model for buying Game Boy games on your phone would be. Yeah, yeah, that bit's a bit like, more tricky. But I like in principle the idea of, of turning my phone's touchscreen into a physical buttons Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be up for that. It's a device I already have in my pocket, which is like, G- give me physical buttons that I have with me at all times for for my phone, and let me play Pokemon Yellow on the bus. Yeah, I'll do that. What's Nintendo's whole thing about old sports games as well? <laughs> the NES <laughs> on the Switch, a lot of them are sports games. Like, and the, they they're bringing three more out now. One of them, Solomon's Quest. If I, I think I got that name right. Solomon's Key? Solomon's Key, I think. Yeah, it's Solomon's fucking something. Yeah. And then the other two are more sports games for it. I'm I'm not sure where, what they're driving at with this. There's only one of those got of those sports games that I think is worth a damn, which is the the golf game on on the Switch's NES library. Is like, I have some nostalgia for that golf game. Most of the games on on their selection aren't worth a damn because they're old NES games that have either been devalued from release after release after release, or you know otherwise very easily available elsewhere. Not that I'm condoning anything golf is one of those ones i would never have paid for on the virtual console but give it to me for free and i'll play 45 minutes of that that might be what they're doing like we've got all of these sports games roms and they are roms what are we gonna do with them Eh, just no one's gonna fucking pay for that shit throw it on there yeah we'll charge for some premium ones later um that's just me being cynical uh so yeah that's that's newsy bits uh, should we talk about that game that Jim has played this week and Gav's played a lot of, and should I let you have the fight, 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 fight that everyone's expecting? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll take turns bogwashing each other in the, uh, in the boys' toilet. <laughs> you played Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Greed. That's what I played. <laughs> but seriously, fuck that game. Just fuck it. Just fuck it with Freddy Krueger hands. I want to fuck this game. I want to make sweet, sweet love to this game. You love it. <laughs> you love it. Um, there's an, I wish Assassin's Creed Odyssey had come out around Podcast 200 when we were being all nostalgic because then we could 
put the whole Gav loves all the Ubisoft games things in there. Yeah. Um, and, and we could go, ah, he loves them all. Ah, ha, ha, ah, ha, ha, ha. Now, now it's one of the one in one in two Ubisoft games that I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you love it. You've played more of it, and you've only likes it more. For the first few hours, I thought, mm, I like this, but maybe not as much as Origins. But I'm now 40 hours in, and this game is fucking heroin. There's a mechanic that gets revealed uh, a little bit further in, which I don't really want to spoil, but it completely changes the game. And it makes it like kind of like a mystery. And you have to go hunting down all these different people in ways that are much more interesting than just, here's your quest, go get it. I don't know if you reached that part, Laura. Uh, I I'm I think I know the bit you're on about. The, this would be the uh, oh the game gets much better x hours in bit. <laughs> yeah. I I I I'm, here's the thing. I was enjoying the game. I was enjoying the game before that, but I understand why people were like, oh, and that's where the game kicked it up a notch. I was loving the game before that because yeah. it's it's my kind of thing. It's this massive open world with beautiful environments. The combat's fun. The the leveling. Uh, it's hard for me to really comment because I bought the boost. Because you are very disappointing, Gavin. I'm a very <laughs> disappointing person. But I have to say, there have been times where I felt like I was leveling up way too fast now. <laughs> I'll I'll say this. like I, I, I'll maintain what I said last week. I have been playing it without the, the XP boost and I feel like I've been I've been leveling at a good rate. Like I've been enjoying enough of the 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 content in that open world that I don't feel like I've been having to do things I didn't want to do in order to get XP. Yeah, I was actually kind of regretting buying it because there have been moments where I'll pick up a new piece of gear and out-level it within like 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, I really probably shouldn't have bought that stupid boost and they can't get rid of it now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's a, it's a good tactic, you know, make the make it grindier, like front load the grindiness. Yeah. So you by the time you've already bought it, they've got the money for it. They're like, the thing about this game is, it really depends on how you play it because if you're it's very easy to have a really boring game in this because there is a lot of guff there's a whole lot of skyrim mm. style go here fetch this kind of procedural utter shite but then there's also an almost endless amount of good quests too so it's just you've got an overabundance of stuff, but you have to just pick the good shit, and that basically that means picking the character missions, not the contracts and bounties. Yeah, that's that's how I've been going through it. Is I've just been sticking to the stuff that seems like it's going to give me substantial content, rather than the stuff where it's like I can tell from the offset this is going to be run, do a thing, run back, and just doing the character stuff has been enough to have me leveling properly yeah and there's so many cool little quests like i'm going to tell you about one quest that was my favorite one i've done and this is a side quest this random side quest i found on on a beach right um and it's if you don't want this tiny little side quest spoiled stop listening now for about 40 seconds so you find this guy and he's locked himself in a cage and his parents are outside and you come up and you're like talking and he's like please I, I have a terrible rage and you have to get my sword and my shield back for my parents to defend themselves against my rage. And they're like, no, please don't go get his sword and shield. Please don't. And you, you ignore them and you go get his sword from the blacksmith. Uh, and you get the sword from the blacksmith by sleeping with him. <laughs> by the way, I've fucked like six different people in this game so far. Like two two dudes and four women. One thing I've learned about these games that now promise, you know, you can be as gay as you want, straight as you want, whatever. 
basically it just allows you to be a more widespread creep who hits on people in inappropriate ways. Like, oh, your dad's sick and people, uh, you've just found out they're trying to kill you. I'm gonna fuck you. That's a fair criticism of the first one of the girl in in um in the in the second area because that was really weird the way Cassandra keeps na- like nagging that girl. This isn't just a criticism of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. It's like the triple A idea of romance in games. Just means like being a relentless creeper. <laughs> You're right, but also as 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 one of them one of them one of them gay people. I do sometimes just like the escapist fantasy that I can just go fuck everyone. Oh no no! I mean, you know, I'm I'm fairly open about my rampant omnisexuality. I it's and I will obviously I'll take those options. Yeah. But I just I find it funny just how bad it is when you like chip away everything and just be like, oh, this person is just too horny. <laughs> anyway. Yes. You fuck the blacksmith. Yeah. Right. Of course you do. To get the sword, because, and you uh, help him with his um, erectile dysfunction, and it's all good, and he's delighted, and he's wonderful, he's happy out. And then you go off to get the shield, which was stolen by a bandit, and you kill the bandit, take the shield back, and you come back with the sword and the shield, all happy, and the parents are like, oh no, what have you done? And uh, basically, it turns out that the guy in the cage is adopted, and the blacksmith is his father, and the bandit was his mother taking back his inheritance. And so he runs out of the cage screaming, I can't believe it! You fucked my father and killed my mother! I didn't realise we were back in Italy. <laughs> Ezio's returned! There's some really weirdly Italian accents in this game, actually. I think they actually had a lot of like authentic Greek uh, voice performers in this one, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it it was a big thing that they were like, we want to hire Greek people first and foremost. Like, I'll hand I'll hand it to Ubisoft. That is one thing they do very well, is um actually getting like real diverse uh employees and, and people working on these games to make them authentic. I'll give them credit there. Yeah, I really like Cassandra's voice actor. I think she does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Not not crazy about Alexios. I feel like he's a little too... But, you know. A little too Mr. Bean. When you pick one character, the other character, when they show up in the game, is a very different character than when they're the protagonist. I don't want to spoil too much, but... Uh, right. It, it's basically like, oh, this is the path my life would have taken if I hadn't been chosen protagonist. Yeah. Pretty much. I would love a Mr. Bean Assassin's Creed, by the way. Assassin's Creed Mr. Bean. Just, like, climbing up a pyramid with a turkey on your head because it's Christmas and he's he's messed it up again. I would play Assassin's Bean. (laughs) Assassin's Bean. Assassin's Bean. You know the way there's some moments where you realise just how massive a game is? Yeah. And I'd been sailing around some of the islands, which, by the way, are fucking gorgeous. Some of the most beautiful, like, environments I've ever seen. I always come to that point in an Assassin's Creed game. Like, when I realise it's that massive, it's when I've scrolled back on the map and then thought, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, you're gonna... You're, you're, you're not, you're gonna get... No, you're not gonna like this one, then. I keep hearing shit about Red Dead 2's map size, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's got, like... Apparently, I, I, I'm sure I heard that it's got the entirety of the first game's map plus another map of that size. Oh. I'm just like, there's too much video game. I don't have this much time in me life. Oh, fucking hell. 
barely got an, I barely got an hour to watch the new Doctor Who. Fuck it out. But I'd been sailing around the islands for a while and just like, this game is so huge. How can it possibly be bigger? And then they're like, right, it's time to go to Athens. <laughs> and I uh... rode up the, the hill on my horse, turned a corner and was fucking God. I've never like Athens is amazing. It, and I didn't reach it till like 25 hours in or something. And it's gigantic. It's bigger than like Novigrad. It's fucking huge. And there's so much to do in it. And it's just, I don't know. This is my kind of game. It's, I, you know, I, I totally understand people's criticisms of it. And I respect that. But I've fucking been loving it. Mm. There are times where if I'd picked this game up at the wrong time in my gaming schedule, yeah. I would have given up on it and been like, I'm not into this. Yeah. The fact that there's nothing else out this month. Yeah, I... I... I lucked into playing it when it was the only big release that I wanted to sink time into. And I had basically the quiet before the storm before I've got to do a bunch more work. And I was like, well, I can actually take a quiet week for a bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can take my time with this. It's certainly not a game for people who um, have no patience. Damn millennials. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a game necessarily for people like me, because normally... In a game like this, I would just be trying to go, let's power through it so I can see the ending and go, yep, that's a game ticked off my list and I can talk about it and move on. Mm. Any other time, I'd have been I'd have been annoyed by my inability to power through this. I keep meaning to go back to the main story, but I keep accidentally finding fun things I want to do instead, which I think is a good sign, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Right, now now I'm going to say what I think of it now. Yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> Do your thing, Jim. Right, right, I'm disgusted in it. <laughs> disgusted with it. As a game, as a mechanical game, it's fine. It is Assassin's Creed. They do get a bit better every year, in my estimation. Still not enough to fully grab me. I will play them. It'll be like watching, um, it'll be like watching a fucking WWE pay-per-view. I'm like... This is technically competent. Everything's working, more or less. I don't really get it, uh, but it is fine. Um, first thing it did to me was advertise its helix points in a loading screen. Um, immediately turned me off. Had a look at the store. That just set the mood for the rest of the experience. So much fun stuff sequestered off into that. Exclusive weapons in Totino's Pizza Rolls in Walmart. You've got to go to Walmart specifically and get a 120 pizza roll pack for it. Regardless of whether you've bought one of the game's set, like six special editions. I don't, you know, I don't mind the exclusive, like, because there are hundreds of weapons in this game. Hundreds and hundreds. And I just want, like, the XP boost, I can, I can, I get that people are mad about that, but the weapons, eh, it doesn't really bother me. This year's gold edition was shitter than last year's gold edition. I mean, oh, oh, and I have to say something here. I have to say something. Black Flag did all of this fucking bullshit, and I didn't see anyone bitching about that game. That's because after Assassin's Creed 2, I hated the series so much <laughs> and was so sick of it. I skipped three and Black Flag. I'm not no, but Jim, I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the general. Because I seem, I've been seeing so much bitching about this, which is fair. But at the time when Black Flag came out, I was like, why is no one mentioning the fact that like the upgrading your ship is absolutely painful unless you buy it? Oh, I'd have made sure it was a conversation. I'd have fucking made sure if I'd have. 
bothered playing it at the time, I'd have fucking made sure it was part of the conversation. Don't, no bother, mate. Um, literally, it rested entirely on my shoulders, and I'll take that burden and the credit for making anything happen in the games industry ever, because I'm just that influential and brilliant. Uh, that's why I get millions of views on each show I do, isn't it? Um, that's the only reason. It's because now, I, now I'm fucking taking notice, and it wasn't Polygon said it first. They definitely didn't. I'll revise that history. Um, I, f- I didn't like it as far as grind goes. Some people said it doesn't bother them. Okay. It bothered me. Uh, it felt like RPG elements. How far did you play, by the way? I played basically, when did I get it? Like eight in the morning, and then I finished at God, like eight at night, like about yeah. 12 hours or so. Um, fair old time. And, and by the time I was done, I was not thirsting for more. I was kind of happy that I'd gotten the footage I'd gotten and was like, I've got no desire to play this anymore. It's fine. And I don't have time for another fine sprawl of a game that feels like it's just out of control in terms of content. And then I finished uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which had been on my to-do list for ages, just wrap up the last couple chapters there, immediately downloaded Yakuza 2 Kiwami, and that is my week now, and that will be my month until, you know, the flood of games start happening again. Way smaller in terms of square footage than Assassin's Creed Odyssey or any major AAA open-world game, but still feels like a way bigger world to me because... A, I care about it more. And again, people care about the Assassin's Creed worlds. That's fine. I'm not judging them. Um, <laughs> you so are. <laughs> it, no, different strokes, etc. Uh, I try never to judge people for liking games they like. If anything, I gen- generally feel envy for them uh, because I would love to love every single game that people love. Um, but when it comes to an open world game, Yakuza as a series, that's my ideal. It's not fucking massive, but and the things that are in it, I, I'm happy to do again and again because they're so fucking good. Did you get to the Dynasty Warriors part, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I, I got to the war stuff. Um, you know what? If they made a full-on um, Dynasty Warriors game, I would not be against that. I would play like Assassin's Warriors or whatever they'd want to call it. Um I'd play that with that gameplay as well. I think I could be into that more than the actual Assassin's Creed mainline stuff. I would play Dynasty Creed. Yeah. yeah. Like like however they want to do it. Um, yeah, that was all right. Uh, the guys are a little ganky. The fucking little shield bastards. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that was okay. But yeah, you know, I've, I've been playing Yakuza 2 Kiwami all week. Um, I've... I, I got my fill of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But it turns out I can't have enough Yakuza. (laughs) Fist of the North Star was fantastic. Yakuza um, Zero, I loved. Yakuza Kiwami, I loved. Yakuza 2 Kiwami, I think think that's the first or or second after six. I forget which order they came out. It's got a new engine and it looks amazing. Mm. Um, Obviously not on a big sort of Square Enix, Assassin's Creed level, you know, Ubisoft level. Uh, no, but it's stylish. It's stylishly gorgeous. For know? them, great. And and just the the way Camarocho and Sotenby, um, Sotenburo, I, 
I forget what the name of the second city. Sorry about that. But just those bright right lights, uh, red light district uh, flavor and the reflections of all those lovely bright lights on the puddles on the floor. It just gives it this real uh, flavor to it. Definitely. Yaku- Yakuza Zero was, well, maybe not technically uh, a f- like the most best look great looking game but the 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 design in it was so beautiful that it didn't matter yeah yeah and yakuza 2 kiwami is like even better than that Mm. um the frame rate took a hit for it which is never great um but the things it does in that one like little quality of life things like you know you don't have to have a loading screen when going in almost any building you just push the door open and in he walks into the smile burger or you know the nightclub and it makes me more willing than even before where i was perfectly willing but i'm even more willing now to go into any building and explore it uh because it is it just feels so much more open and and Hmm. there's no delay there and the combat system was overhauled in it and i'm like some of the stuff in there makes me wonder why not more of it was carried over to Fist of the North Star because it's fucking great. The combat system's amazing in the second one, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2, uh, specifically. Um, the heat actions are a little harder to contextualize but make more sense. And the heat bar doesn't drain as fast because in some of these games it feels like no matter how much you level up the heat bar, one move will drain so much of it. Whereas this, it's like you can pop up a couple of a couple of special moves um, in succession. Uh, I I I love it. I love it. I forgot to ask: Are you excited about uh, what's it called, Project Judge, which is that new thing that the uh, the, the that team are making? Yeah, I mean, I try not to be hyped for anything. We talked about that one recently. I wonder was that on the week that you were missing, Laura? Possibly, I can't remember. We definitely talked about it recently. In any case, this is one of those few teams where I feel they can't do much wrong. They've been so consistent. The sort of like you'll you'll be excited no matter what they're making sort of team. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I'm always interested. And Fist of the North Star proved that that formula they have for Yakuza has so many legs. Um, and it's not gotten... Like, I'm not telltale with it yet. I'm not bored of the formula. Um, obviously, I realise I'm a bit behind the curve as I'm only discovering a lot of these games ne- like more re- in more recent years. I think a lot of people are only discovering them now, though. Yeah, I mean, it seems these re-releases have done really good for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, because, my God, this is what I think of when i want an open world game like i'm impressed by the big hundreds of thousands of miles of square foot and all that stuff um miles of square foot that's not a fucking measurement um i'm impressed by that and it can be good sure but give me a smaller open world with a lot more of a dense population and these naturally occurring sub stories that are just wild and hilarious there's a whole um Subquest in Yakuza 2 about man babies and man babies that try and force their man babiness onto others, and then it ends in a nice little parable about Twitter. Honestly, I wish I'd gotten the screenshot because there's one line that is like, you know, just because you like something, you don't have to force others to like it. And I'm like, my god, this is a social media post. <laughs> it's a great, oh, like it has flaws. There's some cultural stuff that you know you look at, and and, and some TNA stuff where you're like, hmm. 
this is awkward. There's a live action um, video where you play as the uh, uh, Kiryu as a camera person, um, while a, a a lady in like progressively less clothing uh, is there as a live action model, and it's just socially awkward. And I'm like, oh, this this makes me cringe. But for the most part, it's just such a bizarre fucking series in all the right ways. And yet when it takes itself seriously, it doesn't feel like mood whiplash. You're just, I'm engrossed in this. I think a lot of the sillier stuff makes you care about the characters even more. Like Kiryu is a fairly typical protagonist in that he's not busting with uh, personality. He's very stoic, very badass. But then these little sub-stories, his willingness to go along with some of the most nonsensical shit just makes you love him that bit more. And it's, for me, Yakuza is becoming ever more an example of what I feel more games should take examples of in terms of what content are we giving players, what are we monetizing, what are we giving people for their money without pushing the boat out to the point where it's unsustainable. Because they're not the most technically proficient games. They're not the biggest games on a scale level. And yet they feel so densely packed and so quote-unquote big in what they do. Um, Mm. Endlessly impressed with them so far. And whatever they do in future. uh, For all the, the downfalls Sega has had and the ups and downs over the years. That shit is on point. That shit knows what it's doing. And what it's doing is very good. I'm really glad you enjoyed it that much. Yay. In conclusion, for my school project. <laughs> I want to quickly talk about something before we finish. Yeah, what is oh, yeah. the gap? Uh, did either of you watch any of all of that loads of Fallout 76 footage that came out? Not yet. Uh, I watched a little bit. I, I know enough to, like, I picked up on some of the news that came out that, like, yeah. You're going to be punished for just, like, murdering a player that doesn't want to take part in PvP and stuff like that. Yeah, see, that's my... That's where I think... God love Bethesda, they're being so naive. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Now, this is how griefing in the game works. And I saw a video of a guy being griefed by another player and... It was just... Oh, God. So, basically, how griefing works is if someone shoots you or attacks you... It takes off a teeny, teeny, tiny, minuscule amount of health. Like, they would have to shoot you, like, 300 times to kill you. Which basically involve, in this video, a guy standing there, following this guy around, hitting him hundreds and hundreds of times, not leaving him alone. And if you want to, like, stop this, you have to fast travel away. So if you're trying to explore an area yeah. with someone griefing you, and but you're shown on the map at all times to every other player so he can just find where you are and follow you and keep smacking you with his golf club over and over until you fight back at which point if he's a higher level troll he's just going to murder you Mm. now he will then get a wanted level every player will see him on the map he'll get killed and lose 50 caps Ooh, you lose 50 caps however I don't think Bethesda understand that griefers don't give a shit about losing 50 caps. Yeah, yeah. The only reason they play the game is to piss other people off. The griefing is its own reward. The only thing that pisses off a griefer is when they can't piss other people off. That's not a punishment, losing 50 caps. They'll just not give a shit. They'll run around with no caps. 
I like the games that are like, if you're going to do all that shit, you'll get put onto a server with all the other people who are doing all that shit. Yeah. That's the best method. Just give them their own little help. Just have a dedicated PvP area. Yeah. I don't understand why this is not the way they're doing it, because this... Because, listen, I saw so much that looked great in this these videos, too. Like, the world looks beautiful. The, there are actually quests. Um, there, there are no proper NPCs, but the quests that I saw actually looked surprisingly interesting. They, they looked like there was stuff to do, which was my biggest fear about that game. Yeah. But also, they really don't understand what happens when they let people interact with each other. Yeah. Like this, this video I saw, the guy was trying to the the, the and this is was like while Bethesda employees were watching, they because they some high level Bethesda employees set off the nuke for them, just so they could see it. And this guy was trying to watch the nuke, and from the side of his screen, all you you just kept seeing blood, his blood flying off because this fucking absolute moron just was like kept hitting him, <laughs> you know, and it was just what why why would they allow this in the game? It's one of these things that's. Nice in theory. In theory, a world where you can do anything and there's risk of being attacked by some people who are also players. In theory, that's great. But in practice, it's annoying. It sucks. It's GTA 5's open world is fucking awful in multiplayer. And that's that's what it's gonna end up like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it gets annoying. It's it's a great idea on paper. No. At least in GTA. It takes a couple of shots for them to kill you, and then you spawn somewhere else. But in this, it's gonna—they're—they're they're gonna be able to keep smacking you for like <laughs> ages, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Bethesda, what are you doing? I love you. I'll reiterate what I've said for the whole thing. In the, I—I I don't know what to think of any of this until I actually try the full thing, yeah. and that's why I've not been paying too much attention because I know I'm gonna get it to cover it for work and all that. Yeah. So I'm just like. I can't form an opinion on this shit till I play it, just because it's kind of uncharted for them. I feel like if if it stays as it is, as it is, the only way I'm going to be able to enjoy this game is to join private servers with like big groups of people. Yeah, where there's rules and you get kicked the fuck out if you act like a dickhead. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we've seen from. Uh... Valve storefront and YouTube that the whole no rules just right approach, the whole hands off, none to do with us approach, ain't great. No. In theory, it's fine. In practice, it's a fucking annoyance. Yeah, and they have said repeatedly, if it's not, if it's not working out after release, they will. You know, it's not. At Pete Hines' precise words, where there's no finished version of this game, it's going to be constantly changing it's it's one of these live services that the game industry loves now if if it if it is how it was in that video then it's going to be a fucking living nightmare <laughs> it's going to be not fun at all because you you'll just have griefers i got this feeling it's going to be like a lot of games where the launch is not going to be a fantastic experience mm. and then like a year from now there'll be f like comments from loads of people who will be saying oh it's much better now it'll be like for honor or one of those games where it's like, oh, well, it's much better now. A year from now, the griefing will be gone and there'll be a town full of NPCs with quests, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be an interesting one, just to see the evolution of, of this. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what to make of it mm -hmm. until I actually get my hands on it. Uh, which won't be too long from now. Yeah, it is deceptively close, isn't it? So, yeah. When is it? November 
I think so. Yeah, I think it's like a month or so away. God, between Assassin's Creed Odyssey, that, and Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Welcome to the world of live services. You know, people are going to have to pick and choose which game they want to be their day job. Yeah. Esther, I love you, and I really hope you work this one out, because I fucking love Fallout, and I don't I don't want to be griefed. <laughs> Fingers crossed mm. for you, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good place just to do the wrapping up, isn't it? That's brought us up to wrap up very nicely. Uh, Laura, uh, tell people about things that you do. Things what I do... Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Normally I do a spiel of a lot of them. Twitter's a big one, but the big one this week is go check out Things I Learned From Mario's Butt on Unbound. Go chuck some money in, order yourself a copy of that book. Go look at all beautiful pictures what are happening, and them names of people what are doing stuff for the book, and that video where I look quite professional going, Hello, I'm making a book about butts! <laughs> so go check out all of that butt-based content I've been working ludicrously hard on this year. Wonderful. And Gavin, you have done some singing about some slinging. I have. How can people find out your musics? You can find my music on YouTube under Miracle of Sound, where my Spidey song is doing pretty good lately. And you can also find me on Patreon, Miracle of Sound, on Twitter, Instagram, and I have merch as well, Miracle of Sound, on Fanfiber. And you can also find all of my tunes on Spotify and iTunes and all those if you like having a nice playlist to go with your whatever you're up to fan dabby dozy playing playing um playing assassin's creed odyssey <laughs> uh as for me you know most of my stuff um thank you as always for supporting the patreon and uh everything else you know uh, especially the gymporium the merchandise has gone really well uh, i signed all the cards all the trading cards that will go in with the first run orders um, that was over 600 of them. My hand is tired. Oh. Um, not from wanking. <laughs> I have to say, I'm dreading that coming up because one of the, the tears on this book is, yep, you can get that book signed. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be signing many things. Make sure you've got an autograph that's quick to do. That's what I did. I've been practicing the, this is going to be, this is the book autograph that I can do over and over and not destroy my arm yeah just get yourself a nice relatively consistent flourish my autograph is not as consistent as i'd like it to be some of them just look wildly weird um but you get the flourish down uh and yeah yeah get more than one pen um so yeah yeah that's that's all that thank you we'll be getting those we, all the merchandise came in i'm wearing my jim fucking sterling sun shirt now um we've got baseball caps uh it, it's all great. We've looked over it to my relief. Uh, they're high quality. Um, Justin did good when it came to picking stuff to get stuff made from. And we're getting that shipped out. Uh, now the cards have signed uh, or are signed. We're getting that out relatively soon. And then we'll reopen the store for more orders and stuff. And we'll be looking into some more merch as well, more trading cards. Um, we got prototype pogs in. They look fantastic i'm really looking forward to getting pogs done um so yeah that that's all coming up um also we're doing i've done a new um thing for the patreon uh which will be a like a, a question and answer podcast it'll be hosted on patreon as i don't gate off content people will be able to listen to it on patreon but uh to actually get questions on it you'll 
I'll be do, I'll be doing a comment thread on Patreon itself, so you need to be a patron to do that bit. So the content's not gated off, but you feel bad not giving patrons something extra. So they get that little bit of extra interactivity with the content that anyone could listen to. So that'll be on the Patreon. I'll uh, once I get the first podcast up, I'll obviously put it on social media and all that business. So that's that. Thank you all as always. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.